Soul Inspired Leadership Podcast. Today I'm quite excited because our special guest is Bob Berg. Bob, in the best, well, basically in their best-selling business parable, The Go-Giver, and then their follow-up, The Go-Giver Leader, Bob Berg and John David Mann challenge the conventional wisdom about success. Now they're back with a new and equally compelling story about the power of general influence in business and beyond. The Go-Giver Influencer, which is a little story about a most persuasive idea, tackles the paradox of achieving what you want by focusing on the other person's interests. Now, it's not in a way that's self-sacrificial, but rather in such a way that all parties benefit greatly. The results in both medium and long-term result, in long-term success. Now, this is no different than servant leadership, is what I've been talking about in some of our podcasts lately. Bob Berg speaks all over the world and the Go-Giver series have sold well over a million copies and I'm sure the Go-Giver Influencer will be his best book yet. So, Bob, welcome to the show. And what what is influence really? Hi, Ross. Uh, You know, influence can be defined really on a a couple of levels. On On a very, very basic level, it can be defined as simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. Uh, I, that's its definition. I, I don't know that that, in fact, I don't believe that that's its essence by any means. The, yeah. the essence of influence is, is pull, pull as opposed to push. We've often heard the question, how far can you push a rope? And, of course, the answer is not very far, at least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers don't, don't push. You, you rarely hear, if ever, hear uh, someone say, wow, that Joanne or, or Tom has so much influence. What a, he has a lot of push with people. No, you yeah, hear yeah. he or she is very influential. They have a lot of pull with people yeah, because yeah. that's what influence yeah. is it's it's pull it's an attraction uh great influencers genuine influencers attract people first to themselves and then and only then to their idea and they do this again not through pushing their will on others or pushing their ideas on others or being pushy but rather on its opposite pull now this pull is a very legitimate form of, of yeah. power you know, power being the opposite of force or compliance. Yes, yes. And look, it's, um, and I've said it quite a, quite a few, on quite a few podcasts, good leaders are good salespeople because mm. they're selling a vision, they're selling an idea, they're influencing people to do things for them in essence. And that, that, that's what's attracted me to this book because it is the, basically one of the, the raw skills of a good leader. So you mentioned in the book there's five secrets of genuine influence. So tell me more about those, Bob. 
Sure, and I, and I think Ross, it's it's really important to to for anyone to know who's going to be a a powerful influencer that a big part of influence is you're you're perhaps getting people to do things for themselves as well yes, because yeah, yeah. I think a great influencer always asks themselves the question: How does what I'm asking this other person to do? How does it align with their goals, right? With their wants, their That's needs. Right. Their yes. How does how does what I want this other human being to do? How does it align with their values? And so when we look at it that way, it's not as though we're you know manipulating yeah. some person yeah. to do something for us. No, we're we're building everyone in the process. So it's the it's the true win win, right? Where everyone. That comes away better off than they were before, like which, as you said, is is what selling is all about. That's right, and, and like, and when you look at leaders, the key is there is to connect the vision to people's sense of purpose. In other words, yes. what's in it for them? And if exactly. when people start to see that, the light bulb comes on, and they actually connect and engage within with the business. Ah, oh, it's just so so beautifully said. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as far as the five principles that we talk about, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one is to master your emotions. That's where it all begins because it's only when we're in control of our emotions, when we're in control of ourselves, that we're even in a position to take a potentially negative situation or person and turn it into a win for everyone involved. Yes, uh, yeah. We all know this, and yet how often do we allow what someone says or does to affect us in a way that we cause ourselves to become frustrated or helpless or annoyed or impatient or angry. That's and right. Angry, it's, right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a couple of podcasts coming out uh, or may have just come out that one, I think, but that's leading from the internal, not the external. In other words, if you connect with your inner self, you're more soul inspired is what this show is titled. You're, you're leaving all those outside influences. You're not trying to be be all and best all for every other person. You're trying to do what's right from, from yourself, and that's what you're saying. It yeah. enables you to, to be in a better position to help other well, people and to connect with other people. Yeah, and, and so mastering our emotions doesn't mean that we're, we forego our emotions or that we deny our emotions. We're human Correct. beings. So yeah, of course, right. we have them. Uh, as human beings, we're emotionally driven uh, beings. Uh, but we still need to make sure that our decision-making is coming from a logical base. So we can, we can honor our emotions. We can consider Correct. our yeah. emotions. Uh, but just like a, a CEO will take the advice of his or her board of directors, but the CEO needs to make that final decision. It's the same with our logic and our emotion. Our logical mind needs to take our emotions into consideration. There's wisdom there, but the actual decision when it's made from more of a logic base, that's when we create the, um, we create the parameter, if you will, for our decisions to be the best decisions. And when we make the best decisions, the chances are greater that we're going to have the best results. <laughs> There's no guarantee, but it certainly increases the odds. Well, that's right. It, to me, it's the decisions, both wisdom and, and I guess there's, there's emotional content with all decisions, but it's got to be on a, a logical base. I agree with that. Exactly. No doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah. And the third point is setting a frame. 
Yeah. No, well, the second the, the 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 second one is the uh, is to um, step into the other person's oh, shoes. Yeah, the empathy. Yeah. 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 And uh, you, which sounds easier said than done when you think about it, because we <laughs> all have most of us have different size feet, so yes. we can't necessarily just easily step into their shoes. In other words, That's we so come true. from different ways of seeing the world, right? Different backgrounds, yeah. different beliefs, different models of how the world works. Uh, yet as human beings, we tend to believe that most people see the world basically the same way we do, which is not correct. That's and right. So That's right. In order to be able to step into their shoes, we need to do two things. We need to ask questions and then we need to listen. <laughs> and it's the twofold thing that is so true. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, listen, not just with our ears, not just the surface listening that we do often in order just to be able to speak and get our point across, yep. but yep. to be able to, to listen with our eyes and listen with our, our posture and listen with the back of our neck. I mean, really put our entire, our entire being yes. uh, into listening. And when we do, two, two wonderful things will happen. One is we actually do understand more about this person. That's we correct. Know yep. where they're coming yep. from, right? That's uh, right. Yeah, we're discovering what it is that motivates or drives them. Yep. So, because if we want them to buy into our idea, again, as you were saying earlier, it needs to connect with their idea. You know, it needs to connect with that's their right. drives, right? And so, uh, that's right. so that's, that's the right. Part. The second thing is when we listen like this, the other person feels heard they feel listened to. And most people have a, a need to feel understood. And when a person feels understood by you, they trust you more. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. they, yeah. uh, much, they're much more likely to accept your ideas. That's true. That's true. Yeah, look, it's, well, it's just, it's all about that connecting and understanding where people are coming from. And then once you connect to where, where you're heading, then it becomes a powerful win-win. Exactly. That's right. And the, the the third um, the third principle yeah. is to set the proper frame. That's the setting the frame. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and, and this is so important. What is a frame? Well, a frame is the foundation from which everything evolves. So when you've set a proper frame, what yeah. you've done is you've created the context for the situation to go as you'd like it to go. Uh, yeah, 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 and and so you think of a frame. Uh, it could be the way that you make a person feel very comfortable uh, before a sales presentation. Let's say when you say to this person, you know, Mary, while we've been able to help a lot of people with this product, uh, whether or not it's the right answer for you, we simply can't know without uh, without digging deeper and discovering whether it meets your yeah, need. Yeah. So, Please know our conversations for both of us to determine this. And if it does, great. If not, that's okay too. Yeah, now, yeah. that's a frame you've set that is rather than salesperson against the buyer, right? It's, yes, uh, that's it's right. both overpowering the buyer. <laughs> yeah. So it's both people being allies and looking for a, a, a good beneficial yeah, situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, and look, that's so true with uh, leaders. It's all about resetting a person's negative frame, but given on what the environments, where they're, what their attitudes are, try and reset in that into more of a positive outlook on what's exactly. happening in the future. 
Yeah. Um, what about communicate with tact and empathy, number four? Well, this is so important because it really brings everything home. Uh, my, my dad has always defined tact as the language of strength. And I've always enjoyed that definition because to me, it takes a strong person, it takes a mighty person to, to speak tactfully because to speak tactfully means that you're not just saying the first thing that comes to your mind or you're not just reacting to, to someone's comment uh, yes. or hitting that email send before you've really thought about it. Instead, you're taking into consideration what you say and how you say it and how it's going to affect this person. That takes strength. Sure. Tact is really a way of being able to communicate an idea to someone that might normally not be something that they enjoy uh, hearing, and yet doing it in such a way that not only are they not defensive toward you and resistant to your idea, but they're open to you and more accepting of your idea. And tact allows you to, to accomplish this. Now, Empathy, which is often defined as the identification with or vicarious experiencing yeah, of yeah. another person's feelings. Well, just like we, we can't necessarily step into another person's shoes on a thought level without being them, we can't necessarily feel what another person's feeling without yeah, being yeah. them. What we can do, however, is we can communicate to this person through whether what we say or how we say it or just who we are. We can yeah. communicate that we understand they're feeling something and that this something is uncomfortable for them and that we're here to help them through that. That's empathy. Yes. And when you combine tact yeah. and empathy, wow, that's powerful and that is influential. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and, it, and you hit it on the head there. It, it's not easy and it takes um, strength to be able to do yeah. that because it's not Absolutely. the easy way out. It's... And uh, it comes to mind a, a mutual friend of ours, Kimberly Davis, with her book, uh, Brave Leadership. Right? Fantastic. It's, you've got to be brave. You've got to be true to yourself, have the strength uh -huh. to do uh -huh. the things that good leaders do, That, in essence. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, let's go. Uh, number five, let, let go and have, uh, I'll let go of having to be right. <laughs> that's it. That's, that takes bravery. It takes a lot of strength. Yeah, it's also the most counterintuitive sounding uh, principle it, yeah, because it, yeah. it almost seems to be saying, well, you know, that you don't care about being right. No, not at all. Of course not. You prefer to be right. You want to be right. You're going to you're going to prepare to be right. What it means is you're not going to be emotionally attached to having to be right. And rather than make you less influential, it actually makes you much, much more influential. Why? Yeah. Well, there are two reasons. One is when you let go of that attachment to having to be right, you allow yourself to go into learner's mode. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Environment for learning more because the fact is we don't know everything. And, and even if we know much about something, we don't know everything about something. And so when we allow our minds to stay open to the possibility that this other person might have something to teach us, yeah. now yeah. this doesn't mean we have to agree with the person. Not, of course not, not at all. It me but it does mean we're going to stay open to possibility. So not only do we are we able to learn, whereas the other person, if they're one of those people, and we've all seen positional leaders who yeah, they yeah. just cannot be wrong. They won't admit to being wrong. They won't accept response. And they're certainly not respected. They're not more influential for that. They're less influential for that. 
um, you know, that my mind's made up, don't confuse me with the facts. We don't have as much regard for someone <laughs> like that than for someone who is open to the idea. And uh, so that's the first thing. The second part is when you let go of having to be right, this other person, they sense this. And when they know, when they can tell that they're dealing with someone who's not just looking to be right at all costs, certainly yes, not yes. to be right at their expense by making them wrong, again, they're much more amenable to your ideas. They're much less defensive toward you. They're much more open to you and what you have to say. That's right. It's a, like a reciprocity. Um, if the fact you you accept the fact that you you may be right and I may be wrong here, it's and then it becomes a reciprocal thing. Um, I think people then appreciate each other for what mm -hmm. they can bring to the equation, and that's and that's mm -hmm. trying to get to keep that win-win flavor coming into the conversation. Exactly, and you know, I I mean, I really think it's important that when we when we uh, deal with one another these days, especially in light of all the, the vitriolic, insulting kind of communication we see or miscommunication we see these days, whether on social media, whether in person, what have you, I think it's important for us to understand that tact and kindness should not be confused with compromise. I mean, there's a time and place for compromise, certainly, yeah, yeah. but... but it, it, but the two are not necessarily the same. We can always yeah. speak to people with tact and respect without compromising our values. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, compromising your ethics, your values. Exactly. That, that brings another point because often uh, you see people who uh, could be quite domineering and uh, quite rude, all those things, talk over people and whatever. They actually, in, in the leadership world, they sometimes get into positions of strong uh, or powerful leadership positions. Now, tell me, how does that work when, when you're saying, well, we need to be diplomatic, we need to be tactful, we need to have empathy, then you get people who don't do that still seem to make it in the business world. Well, you know, I, I think the big question is there is why do people who act like jerks sometimes <laughs> uh, be, get successful, right? Yes, that's and right. Let's face it, it's a big world. And there are different ways to reach levels of success. But I yep. think it comes to this. As, as human beings, we want to be able to put a, uh, a cause to certain things. So we want to say, well, that person's a, a, you know, obnoxious or a jerk or what have you, and yep. they've yep. been successful. So they must be successful because they are obnoxious or yeah, a jerk. Yeah, or, yeah. That's usually not it. Now, no, typically that's right. what it is, that person's successful not because of those traits, but in spite of those traits. Uh, in other words, this person had some amazing talent somewhere or another, and they were able to, because of that one or two real talented aspects, they were able to create something or be able to move something or be able to do something that brought them success. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it also might be they just happen, they can outwork people and they do it to the point that, but it took them, I'll guarantee you, a lot longer to do it than, than, it, than, it, than it would have. The fact is this, that it's not duplicatable. There are people, again, who can do that, but it's not duplicatable. Most of us, most of us, to be very, very successful, yeah, yeah. we need to have people working with us, people on our side, people who are what I call our personal walking ambassadors. 
Okay? That's right. But, yeah. but we're, there's always going to be, again, it's a big world. So there always are going to be people who break the mold and are a certain way despite that. And of course, that's what gets the notoriety, right? That's what that's the press right. reports yeah. on there, yeah. right? And yeah. so, hey, you know, it is, it is what it is, you know. I agree. It's not, and people that get that, that, sort of, uh, or that sort of result, it's not sustainable. It's not, it typically is not. You're whipping people, you're, you're treating people in the wrong way. Basically, as soon as you walk out of the room or leave, they're not working for you then. They're mentally yeah. switched off. They only do yeah. things for you when you're, in, when you're present. Good leaders, when they're not in the room, that's when people are still doing the things that you want them to do. They don't have to be there to keep pushing and whipping in that sort of respect. Yeah, so I understand that. So... They, so tell me, um, oh, there's one last question come to my mind. Um, so what's, if you say there's one mating factors uh, shared by every single person on earth, um, you say that in the book. So yeah, being a bit of a sceptic at point, mind you, I'm quite optimistic, but still I've got to think, well, hell, what is that? What's the magic yeah. of it? Yeah, and it would be surprising to hear something like that from me because I'm very much an individualist. While I'm a team player, I believe in the the uh, individual, uh, you know, and and so forth. And yeah. and um, and I learned this from another person who was very much a person who believes in in the power of the individual over the collective. And and uh, and what he said was his name was Harry Brown, and what Harry wrote, and and I thought this was so brilliant because Harry was a very big uh, student of human nature. He understood and he yeah. respected human nature. He didn't try to change it. He worked within it. And he was yeah. very, very successful and a, just a nice, nice man, a nice human yeah. being. And what Harry said is this, that in all other ways but this, we are all individuals. But everyone, everyone seeks happiness. Ultimately, everyone seeks happiness. Yeah. Happiness defined as yeah. the yeah. mental feeling of well-being. It's just a human thing. Yeah. It's what yeah. separates humans from everybody. We actually, we seek happiness. Hmm. Now, but here's the thing. In every other way, we're individuals. We're different. And thus, the second part is that, uh, that um, you know, the first part is everyone seeks happiness. But yeah. second part, happiness is relative. Yeah. In other words, yeah. we all understand happiness differently and individually. Thus, we, we place different values on different things. What would bring happiness to one person will be absolutely meaningless to someone else or yeah. might even make another person yeah. unhappy, okay? Yeah. So everyone seeks happiness. Happiness is relative, but there's one more thing. Resources are limited, not to be confused with a lack mentality, you know, I, the, the, we live in a very abundant universe. Yeah, yeah. However, individually, we all have limitations. We all have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of energy, a limited amount of money, a limited amount of knowledge, a le right? Yeah, and, so, yeah. and so because of that, we must make choices. We constantly make choices throughout the day. Yeah. Most of these are unconscious choices. Yeah, yeah. And here's why this is so important, because every time you are wanting to influence a person to do something other than what they were going to do without your influence, right? Yeah, yeah. Their decision will always, 
always be based, consciously or unconsciously, mm. it will be based on whether they believe it will bring them closer to happiness, yeah. based on yeah. how they understand happiness and based on the limited choices or options they believe they have. Yeah. Yeah. The wonderful thing about understanding that is that you never have to wonder again why someone chose to do or didn't do a certain thing. It all came down to whether they believed it would bring them closer to happiness. Yeah, that's true, and that's that connection back with good leaders. I mean, they're not just running around trying to keep people happy all day, but they want, to pe they want people to be contented and have fun at work, but at the same time be happy with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's that sense of purpose. People get sense yes. of purpose, they see the connect, then they're happy with what they're doing. Sure. So, look, on that note, Bob, I, I thank you very much for coming on to the show. We may do it again one day soon. I would uh, love I, that. I wish you success with your the Go Giver Influencer. I'm sure it will influence people. Yeah. <laughs> Once they read it, there's no doubt about that. And I believe it's a great message and a powerful message. So thanks again, Bob, for being a guest on Soul Inspired Leadership. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.